The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual guests. What is going on, my Ghost Squad? Welcome to the Armed Citizen Podcast Live. This is episode number 311. We are streaming live, as always, on YouTube to 150 countries worldwide. If you are in the live audience, go ahead and say something. We don't know that you're out there unless you do. When we bring our special guests in tonight, make sure you have any questions. Make sure you tag myself or Clover or anyone in there and let us know what those questions are. If you're watching this in replay or listening to this in podcast form, the conversation does not have to stop right now. Go ahead and utilize that comment section below. Ask any questions, make any snarky comments. We love them all, but go ahead and be part of the conversation. If you want to call or text into the show, yes, you can call or text into the show. Utilize the Ghost Tactical Hotline presented by our good friends Rod and Shelly Gates over at Aegis Gun Care. That number is 530-364-4678. And go check out AegisGunCare.com. If you're a veteran, really anybody, but especially if you're a veteran and you're in that hole, you're in the darkness and you're looking for the light, Call me, text me, email me 24-7. I cannot give you medical advice, but I could probably talk you through some stuff. Be a good ear and just listen if we need to. If you are looking for someone that can get you to some medical attention, remember two things. One, you are not alone in this fight. You have a lot of brothers out here that are willing and able to help you in any way possible. And two, the world is a much better place with you in it. So please, utilize the Veteran Crisis Hotline. 1-800-273-8255. Once again, 1-800-273-8255. Veterans, press the number 1. We are spotlighting, as always, the United States Marine Corps. If you have any questions on what it takes to earn the title United States Marine, see the website marines.com. And as always, we are a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Go check out all of your favorite pro-gun, pro-two-way podcasts over at selfdefenseradio.com. Net. Let me take this off of my ugly mug. And I saw Clover was in the back room. He just left. Come on back in. The water is warm, brother. Uh, maybe he was having some internet difficulties. He was earlier today. Uh, before we bring in our special guest, you guys, uh, you guys know that we always do our pony polls. Our pony polls every Thursday, Saturday, and Monday on our YouTube community tab. We have a little fun with them. John, we're going to bring you into the polls as well, ask you these questions. Um, go check out AndersonManufacturing.com. We'll talk a little bit about more than a second. The first poll had 1.4 thousand votes. 1.4 thousand votes. Which is better, John? Friday the 13th or Halloween? Talking movies here. Uh, I know it's a tough one. Friday the 13th, we're talking originals now. The originals, not the series or all together, but the original Friday the 13th or the original Halloween movie. I think I like Friday the 13th better. Okay. Is there? Did you like Jason or the storyline? Or 
Just because it's a badass. I think it hits the era more. I don't know. Like yeah. it gives me more nostalgia feels. Yeah, it was, uh, was kind of like the first slasher, wasn't it? One of the first yeah. slashers out there. Right, like you can never forget Camp Crystal Lake and stuff like that. This is true. Now, Chris out there, John and I were talking about Chris out there earlier. He said, hey, cool, it's John. I did interview them at AIM Surplus. We were talking about that. Uh, Chris, John said that you popped his cherry. You were his first kind of live booth interview. So, uh, yeah. Uh, let's see here. You had 1.4 thousand votes. 64% were correct by, by, by choosing Halloween. Halloween. Halloween was the right answer for everyone that wanted to know. <laughs> 64% of the people agree with B. Uh, the second the second poll had 2.4 thousand votes. Which pizza is better, Chicago-style pizza or New York-style pizza? New York-style, man. Uh, yeah, I, I knew in, I liked you for a reason. Well, I lived in New York before I moved to Texas. So, well, at least you moved to Texas. I'm from Texas. Um, so at least you moved to Texas. You got it right in the end, you know? <laughs> yeah, we had to get out of there, man. It's, uh, it's too crazy oh, over there. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Uh, let's see here. 2.4 thousand votes. 76% were correct that chose New York-style pizza. That Chicago-style pizza is just weird and ugh. So I have some good friends that love it and swear by it, but they're also jacked up in the head. So what are you going to do? <laughs> And our last poll of the week, 3.1 thousand votes. Pretty simple. Do you prefer a pistol or a revolver? Pistol. Pistol. Yep. Yep. I get it. Um, Can't really go wrong either one. Obviously, there's no wrong answer to any of these. It's just what you think. 88% agree with you, John, and say that pistol is the way they would go. 88%. Revolver is not getting much love on this channel. Now, if that poll was on Clover Tax channel, it might have been switched with the 88 and 12% going towards Revolver, um, but not on this channel. This channel is where the cool kids hang out, so uh, they know what's up. They know what's up. Uh, Chris from the 740 says, reload some 9mm while I'll listen tonight. Jason, it's good to see you. Jason's out there. Let's, let's, let's quick a, do a quick roll call also for the people that have said hello out there. Uh, Digital Nuggets is out there. Fixed Bayonets is out there. Christmas 740. Marcus Augusta says, uh, greetings and salutations, my fine American brothers and sisters in arms. Uh, Jacob S. is out there. Georgia Trucker says, hello, all you great people. Micah Diaz says, Step Brothers. Might be the best scary movie ever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see here. I think I said Georgia Trucker. Jason Ewing's out there. G-Webs is out there. I'm sure there's others. Like I said, um, if Clover's still out there, come on back in the room. Uh, let me send him a text. I don't know if his internet's down again. He was having issues with his internet earlier. but um, he, he was over there at TriggerCon, right? Yeah, Clover was there at TriggerCon. Yeah. You know, and, I remember uh, him, the long, long beard. The long yeah. beard, yeah. Wearing, wearing football jerseys and... and all of that. So, yeah, the little short leprechaun. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, I have to say, like, I met a bunch of y'all, like, all through, like, the GOA, like, real yeah. quick, real fast. And it's y'all are a cool group of people. 
I mean, don't let anyone let, don't let anyone know that because we like to be kind of assholes and all that. Yeah, we actually, you know, you and I met obviously before the booth at the GOA dinner. Was that Thursday night? I think that was Thursday, Friday night. One of the, I think, I don't know. I think it was Thursday night. And I was having a discussion with uh, the guys from. Um, Oh, yeah, he's got internet issues. Okay. I was having a discussion with the guys from the Gundys. We were sitting next to each other. And then all of a sudden, I hear, like, yeah, I think we've gone around 100,000 rifles this year. And I just, like, stopped mid-sentence, and I was like, did I just hear that right? And I look over, and I said, did you say you guys have sold 100,000 rifles? And you're like, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. And so we started talking and all that. And obviously, I went down to your booth and saw all your cool stuff. But um, I do want to kind of real quick let you have a few minutes and talk about by the way people out there this is john from radical defense um so um i'm gonna give you a few minutes talk about radical defense maybe the history of the company where it kind of came from the umbrella that encompasses a lot of different products and all of that more importantly uh just kind of give us a history of you and the company if you'd like all right so i work for so radical defense and radical firearms are two different companies they do similar products but they work together. So Radical Firearms is the parent company. Um, it's been around for 10 years. Um, we make the entry level AR that everybody knows and loves. Um, that's really what we started off with. And then we started making suppressors. And when we decided to start getting into the 3D printed game, we started our second company called Radical Defense. So Radical Defense, it's all more tailor-made for the end user product instead of like just being your entry-level building block that you're going to start off with firearms defense will be the product that's already done all the tuning's done you don't have to switch out your buffers you don't have to switch out your stocks you don't have to switch all your stuff it's all premium it's all figured out for you the only thing that i would suggest that you get onto any any of our rd guns would be one of our rd suppressors and myself, yep. I am the logistics coordinator for Radical. I've been with the company for eight years, and I've grown with the company. When I started off there, it was just like a regular packing guy. And the next thing you know, running multiple departments, and then I, I'm kind of a jack-of-all-trades. So are you? do you still kind of work for both sides of the umbrella, or are you strictly with Radical Defense now? I actually work for both. So I bounce back and work, forth. Yeah. I do I do whatever is needed. So um, it could be like going to a show or it could be helping helping figure out stuff in the background. It's yep. it's a flexible job. <laughs> more more importantly, you're you get to help your girlfriend study for exams as well. So um, that's the most important job you have right now. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, so thanks for ta thanks for taking some time out of that sticky situation. <laughs> maybe maybe it's a kind of a blessing to to get away from the study for a while. But uh, now, what I've done, guys out there, is I put the uh, the radical defense the rdusa.com out there. The link in there. We're going to go through the product line here in a second. Uh, if you have any questions for for John for about any about the products or anything like that, go ahead and put them in here. I'll star them. And uh, we'll make sure we get those questions asked to John so he can answer you directly. That's what we do this live is so that you can have direct contact with, with the company and the company has direct contact 
with you guys, which are basically the consumers out there. So uh, before we do that, we do want to mention our pony polls. Again, thank you for everyone always participating in the pony polls. Go check out AndersonManufacturing.com and use promo code for 10% off all of your orders. Use promo code GHOST. There you go. Promo code GHOST for 10% off of anything that you have on AndersonManufacturing.com. Like I said, I put RadicalDefenseRDUSA.com. The link is out in the chat. Make sure that you, you have any questions. You put them in the chat, and we'll make sure we get uh, get them real quick. Jason Ewing out there says, we have set of several Radical ARs in the safe that are runners. I would definitely recommend them, especially if you're looking for an affordable, reliable option. Absolutely. Um I know that when we talked at, at TriggerCon, uh, you kind of said that Radical Defense was born out of, like you said, maybe an upgraded line to where you, you don't have to worry about the aftermarket stuff and all of that. Uh, it's kind of done for you, uh, needless to say, uh, kind of like that, that upper echelon of different materials, probably based off a lot of the same designs, but you had some really amazing products uh, that I got to shoot and mess around with uh, at, at TriggerCon and at Range Day. Um, I'm going to bring up, <laughs> excuse me real quick, I'm going to bring up the website real quick and screen share, and we can kind of go down the list if you'd like. Um, one of the, the coolest ones that I, I, mean, I liked them all, but I got to shoot at Range Day was the DMR rifle, um, and let's kind of bring this one up. Let's let's start with the DMR, just because I actually had firsthand experience of shooting this. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the DMR? Um, so that's that rifle has every single upgrade that we we designed for the marks for our RD Mark One series. So it has the the increased height in the gas block that's also threaded with the alignment tab so the gas block alignment can never come off. It has our extended barrel nut design from our normal fire, radical firearms barrel nut. It's, it, it's a lot longer, so there's a lot less deflection in the handguard. It also has, um, I think we, we touched about it, uh, it was their thermal fitted handguards. So we actually expand the handguard with heat and then press it on to the barrel nut. So even if you don't have the tombstone locking mechanism in there, that handguard's not moving. And then what else do we do? We put a alignment tab on the handguard into the upper receiver. So that alignment's always perfect as well. Yeah. Um, you know, snob out there says you couldn't even hit the target with that DMR. Those, those were long shots. Uh, he's obviously joking because the target was literally about, oh, 10, 15 yards from the firing line. Um, if you guys saw uh, my range day video, you probably saw us having a little fun. And they were saying, hey, make sure you got your, you know, your breathing under control. So I was over-exaggerating, pulling the trigger. And you have Snob back there going, oh, miss, miss, miss. It was literally from me to, like, it was like 10, 15 yards away, which is hilarious. Um, I did like the way they ran the range day, but there were some little quirky things that were interesting. Like you have targets that are really close. And if they were using steel targets, a lot of us got hit with some shrapnel from the steel targets. Um, a little iffy on that, but, uh, I, I enjoyed the range day. Would you guys think of TriggerCon as a company? 
Rainier. Rainier is great. They've been uh, great supporters of Radical for a long time. And this is our first TriggerCon event, but that was it was actually really awesome. I didn't expect the layout and the setup to be how it was. Yeah. Um, we didn't we didn't qualify for TriggerCon at the beginning because and initially what TriggerCon was was a a like a spot like a spot like a like a showcase for brands that were innovating and making stuff for uh, innovation in the firearms industry right. and now they they opened it up a little bit but also i guess our rd brand does show innovation because we were doing modern machining with 3d 3 printing and then uh use case weapons that are actually designed we think correctly absolutely um no i i, I love what we got to see um Let's talk about the PDW. This one was probably my favorite um, of the stuff that you guys had in there. Um, bring that up. Let's talk a little bit about the PDW. I, I don't know. Was this probably the most wanted to shoot gun at range day, or what? What, what weapon system was your most shot at range? You think? All right. So, you know, it's a it's a range day and it's a public event. So our full right. auto guns we're going to be shot the most. Okay, well, sure. So I think after you and Snob shot the DMR, I think y'all were the only two guys that shot the DMR. Really? Yeah. So the PDW and the 12.5, which were both uh, machine guns, Yeah. those ate like 3,000 to 4,000 rounds in one day. Ironically, the first time that me and Snob and Clover and all them came by the booth, I think we had to come back because we were wanting to shoot the PDW, but it was running really hot. You're like, hey, I need to let it cool down. Like, cool, we'll go down. We'll come back in a little while. Um, And then I came back and it was still maybe a little bit warm. So we shot the PDW, obviously, first. Uh, But yeah, we shot the PDW, but the DMR we shot first and it was great. But yeah, it was. I remember you like, hey, we need to take a little break, and people were like, oh, we can't shoot it. I don't think people understand how hot those things can get, and uh, yeah, I let it cool down a little bit. Yeah, well, the thing is, it's nonstop too, which is like, it's great. Like, yeah. the, the fact that had like, what I think they said they had almost a thousand people come through to that event. Yeah. Yeah, so that was insane. Like that gun was just running nonstop, and it was it was a champ. Um, there was like, it only had one little hiccup where like the spring in the stock kind of collapsed a little bit and we like we, we pulled it out re-oiled the gun and it extended the spring and it started running like a champ again we're like all right cool it's the end of the day <laughs> absolutely um sorry no it's fine pdw uh six and a half inch barrel length uh melanite barrel finish Five five six or three hundred block out twist rate of one and seven in the five five six one and eight and three hundred block uh, M four feed ramps direct impingement pistol length. Um, let's see here a six inch dedicated suppress system with direct thread three D printed RD XPD suppressor. Um, obviously, this is an amazing amazing firearm. I shot it, held it, love this thing. Um, just a little note to everybody out there. Um, now, John, does this come without the suppressor, and does it come with a, a pistol brace so that people can buy this without stamps, or is this one of those you're just going to have to dive in and get some stamps? 
as of right now, it's a two-stamp gun. It yep. could change once there's clarification in the pistol brace stuff. Uh, which I think uh, is coming, actually. Um, yeah, yeah, hopefully. Like guys like GOA over here, they, they're, they're working for it. <laughs> and we really want to see that because as of right now, like if we switch it over to a, like a like a thermal pistol stock, it just wouldn't be as enjoyable to shoot. It wouldn't be as fun. Yeah. So once we have yeah. the option to put a brace back on it, let's go let it rip. Yeah. Uh, at that point, it's still going to be a one-stamp gun. Uh, I'm assuming it is going to come no matter what is going to come with the, the suppressor on there. Um, that said, I mean, if you're, if there's a lot of people that are wanting to dive into the suppressor game. Um, and let's do that real quick while we're here. You guys, like you said earlier, you got uh, involved into the suppressor game with the 3D-printed suppressors. You offer a ton of different suppressors. Um, let's kind of go through the line of suppressors that you guys are doing. Maybe give a little technology background on what y'all are doing with them as well. Yeah, so we actually like to call our suppressors modern weapon PPE because that's actually how we actually view it as. It's what it is. Like a suppressor really is something. It's a hearing device. It shouldn't mm -hmm. be looked at as something like demonized or anything like that. It should be something mm -hmm. that everyone can just buy. So absolutely. Um, one thing that we're we're priding ourselves as a company is that we're trying to make suppressors that lower TBI towards soldiers and towards civilians, whoever has around uh, firearms, because um, a lot of guns, when you shoot them, there's a there's concussion pressure that you can feel, and especially on larger weapon systems. Like, as you can see, we make suppressors with the M2A1, M240, and M249. So those weapon systems, like let's say you imagine yourself underneath uh, M2 on top of a Humvee, you're still healing all that concussion. You're still feeling all that. So what we're trying to do and what we have done is lowered the concussion, lowered the signature reduction. We've, we've made a kick-ass suppressor for those things. And mm -hmm. if you go on our YouTube channel, you can act, there's videos of it running and you can see side by side videos of it unsuppressed versus it suppressed. And you can see just the sheer amount of dust those weapons produce without a suppressor on there. It's really impressive. Yeah. yeah, there are actual countries in Europe that will not allow you to shoot on a range without a suppressor. And yet our wonderful country is making them illegal or NFA, you know, not illegal, but you're going to have to jump through hoops to get them, which is just asinine to me. Uh, before we move on, Spring in standing on a corner in Winslow, Arizona. Such a fine sight to see. From the gun owners of America, we got John, the soulless ginger bastard. What's up, man? What's up, homie? Sorry, I was uh, actually on Route 66 yesterday and I had oh, to yeah. take my sister back to the airport today and got stuck in traffic. So, but it was a good old time and uh, having fun. Yep, yep, yep. Well, I hear you, you know. Uh, Let's go ahead and, and, and bring you in for a couple minutes. I know, uh, speaking of NFA and the, and the, there's been a lot of movement in some of the court decisions and, and all of that. Uh, it's been a busy week or so for the gun owners of America. Uh, let's give you two minutes for the two way. Let's, let's talk a little bit. So we've got that big win with the pistol brace. We just got another big win with the, uh, force reset triggers. So those are two kind of big win court cases. Uh, we're still fighting a couple of things. And speaking of NFA items, we do have the 
shush act or it's hearing it's a there's a couple different names for it but it is a, the original hearing protection act that was a couple years ago is now on the floor and hopefully we get the votes we need to get that passed because like you said in europe these are you could buy them from anywhere yeah. um yeah and a lot of people when they associate europe they associate with great britain and their strict gun laws but a lot of european countries have less strict gun laws than we would perceive them to have um not as free as us but still well and in some ways they are because you can walk to the store and buy a suppressor so true they got they got, they got that going for them so those are the cases that i know of i've been out of the office the last couple of days so i haven't been keeping up but those are the big ones that i know have come across my my emails i've been reading about nice 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 uh we do have a couple of questions out there first one we're going to say from micah he said not a question not a question for john not about the guns hey john why are you so damn handsome is it is it that is it the hair? Is it the beard? Is it the all around? Just like I don't, you know, what makes you so damn attractive, John? Not ginger, John. We know he's not attractive. It's the beard, man. If you get if you get rid of this thing, nah, uh, I lose it. I don't even remember what I look like without a beard, but I'm sure it's not good. Um, I'm sure it'd be really, really interesting. I probably look younger, uh, except for like the gray hair and all that. But um, it is what it is. Uh, Marcus has been very act. What's up? I actually looked at one of my old passport photos today, and I was yeah. like, "Oh no!" <laughs> <laughs> it happens. It happens. Marcus has got some stuff out there for us. He said, "I picked up a radical upper and three hundred blackout last weekend. I cannot wait to take it to the range. It's my first radical purchase. I hope it's good." Uh, then we were talking about the PDW. Said, "Would like it more if we could put a stock on it." Well, it comes with a stock. That's what we're saying. As of right now, it is a two-stamp gun, but it comes with a stock and a suppressor. So um, real quick on, on stuff like that, for people that have never worked with NFA items with their gun shop or with all of that, how does that work? Do they purchase it, and then will you ship it to the FFL while the, 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 the paperwork is going through, or will you all keep it until... Uh, the paperwork's done for people that have never worked with that. How is the process with radical work? No, so it's at, at this point in time, it's it's very easy. So when you buy the gun from us, what we do is we send it to your FFL or well, your FFL SOT, and then yep. they'll do the paperwork. And hopefully, they're a cool SOT that allows you to have conjugal visits. That's correct. Um, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Calaveras out there, he's out in California, he says, be nice to actually be able to get a suppressor. No NFA allowed here as far as I know. Uh, now, there is a question from Marcus. He says, which of those suppressors would you recommend for a 10-inch 300 blackout? 10-inch 300 blackout. So I generally run the rule of short gun, long suppressor, long okay. gun, short suppressor. That's my general rule. I like that. So, I like that. So for the ten and a half inch three hundred blackout, I would go with our LS three suppressor. LS three. So let's bring this up for you, Marcus. Seven and a half inches in length, uh, one point six inches in diameter, a weight of uh, seventeen and a half ounces. 
Um, finish is a pr proprietary IR non-reflective coating. It is a 762 caliber rated can. Uh, one and three quarter, 24 hub mount, and all so, of that. So when it go. comes to the the weight on our can, it also depends on the material you pick. So whenever you order from us, it's you just send us an email and we tailor your pick. So we will talk you through what you're buying and make sure you're picking out what's best for your application. So on our LS3 suppressor, it comes in Hanes 282. So that's our full auto rated can. So mm -hmm. that one, if you wanted to, it's hub mounted. So you can switch it out to whatever you want to do, like a chemo or um, Silencer Co. or whatever other brands like yep. mounting system if you're in, a, in the system already. And yep. you can beat the crap out of it. That's like your hard use duty can. It's going to be heavy. But if you want something lighter, you can go over with our TIE 64 version, and that's 8.6 ounces. So you're like almost less than half the weight. So, but you lose you your say water. Is that the titanium? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, titanium. Yep. Yep. Uh, he said he was really thinking about the shorty. Um, so, would that be the CS3? Yeah. So, is, our naming structure. He's looking is, uh, for a shorty. LS, yeah. LS3 is long suppressor, then CS compact suppressor. All right, so the, the CS3 is 5 inches in length, 1.78 inches in diameter. Uh, once again, 14.4 ounces or 8 ounces if you go titanium. Um, 7.62 rated caliber in that. So, um, yeah, so that that's a pretty cool one. Like you said, if you want to go, it's about, what, 2.5 inch shorter. So that would be kind of a cool one. Um, Calaveras says, uh, says, I would like to suppress my 2545 sharps be long because of the 20 inch H bar barrel, but worth it. Hey, we're 2545 sharps, bro. This is the wrong channel. We don't talk FUD in this channel. So you go see Clover Tax and talk FUD shit with him. No, Calaveras out there. He's in California, so he's very, very limited as to what he could probably get. Uh, Marcus says, after what's going on in Israel, I was thinking of the shorty for home defense. So, there you go. Um, you're also talking about two and a half inches extra. So, if you're going to go with like a PDW, which is what uh, a very short barrel to begin with, it's not like that That the longer can is going to do a whole lot. Um, it's not going to be too, too long because it's just a short barrel. It's still going to be great for home defense. Uh, and all of that. So, I mean, but obviously, if you wanted to go out, so I want to say uh, the hand guards were what, seven and a half inches on the PDW? So, um, you know. Yeah, so like on our XPD, um, the can's actually a little bit narrower and it's an inch longer because mm. versus our CS series, our XPD has to be thinner and longer to tuck underneath the hand guard. And if you lose gotcha. that volume, if you lose that volume, you lose your ability to suppress the gun. So we just had to displace it elsewhere. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, another awesome weapon system is the the CQC, the CQB. I call this closed quarter combat, but uh, you call it the closed quarter carbine. And this is one you said that was uh, also very, very popular. I understand why. It's a great gun. 
12 and a half inches, uh, half by 28 barrel thread, 556, five, one and seven twist rate, um, direct impingement, gas system, uh, and it's got the uh, uh, a taper lock suppressor mount and a flash hider that comes with it. Um, M2 iron sights. Uh, I'm just reading the, the, the spec list here real quick. I'm going to let you kind of talk a little bit about the actual. Hello. He fro did he free ghost? You froze. I froze. Yeah. You froze for a second. Oh, Okay. Uh, yeah, I was just saying, I was going through like the uh, the spec list for the close quarter carbine, uh, but I'm going to let John come in and talk a little bit more in depth about this. Like you said, it's one of the more popular weapon systems you guys had out there. And uh, 12 and a half inch can go wrong. It's one of like, for me, that's a, that's a great length. I, I love a, a 10 and a half to 12 and a half length um, system, but uh, 5.56. Five, um, let's talk a little bit about the closed quarter carbine for sure. So it has all the standard features that our other firearms have had. So the alignment notch for the gas block, the handguard, and all that. Hello? I got you. Yeah, I got oh, okay. you. And then it, it just it went like blank quiet, and I was just like, whoa, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I and muted myself. Then, I was I was chewing some ice. I didn't want to crunch in your ear. And then on this one, we actually use our alternative um, our alternative gas length system. So instead of it being like a mid mid length, it is a carbine length plus one. So we call it enhanced carbine. So it's a little bit longer than your standard carbine, but it's not quite as long as mid length. We figured that with the position of the gas block gives us the perfect amount of dual time that when you shoot it, it just gives you the right recoil impulse. So you're not having to switch out to like a Volter system or a longer mm -hmm. carbine system, carb, carbine buffer system to make the recoil go down. Now that's something that I remember talking to you about um, at TriggerCon. And that's kind of something you said, it, it's, it's, the, it's a plus one system for the gas link. Uh, that's something that's kind of what you guys have done all of them. Whatever it should be, you kind of gone a plus one. Uh, what was uh, you talked a little bit about there? But what was kind of the engineering and, and the reason why is that specifically uh, to be more stable and all of that? Or what was the reason that you went with a plus one system in most of your your systems? Uh, it's it's all about dwell time, man. So the what the dwell time of the setup is like it. You need to have the right amount. So, like, when you are running a suppressor, the gun runs great. If you don't have the right amount of dwell time, you throw a suppressor on there. Next thing you know, you're going to have to throw a adjustable gas block. You're going to have to tune the gun. You're going to have to fix everything. And once you take that element away, you're not having to buy other parts to throw on the gun to make it work. Yeah, I think that that's a, a lot of the issues that people that aren't familiar or comfortable or experienced very much with, with running cans is you just can't throw a, a can on a gun and expect it to run the exact same way. It's going to be a little bit different. You're going to have to, like you said, either get an adjustable gas system um, or doing what you're doing will just alleviate that problem altogether. Uh, real quick, John, I want to bring you in, and I know you know John as well. Um, do you want to? Do you have any questions out there um, that that you would like to ask John about any other products or anything? No, I've been I've been looking over it and this the 
the steps that you guys have done, I mean, it kind of built this really cool brand. Um, mm-hmm. But everything sounds awesome. I'm, I was responding to something real quick, so I'm, I'm partially in and out for a second. But yeah, uh, all your guys. Pro- I mean, I shot it at range day. I was really impressed with everything, uh, mm-hmm. including the the quality of the build. But the the big thing with suppressors, like you said, is people don't understand that they don't. Your gun's not going to run all the way right all the time, so you've got to make sure that you're changing either the gas block or you're doing buffer springs. It sounds like you guys got this thing tuned perfectly. Yeah, we try to do our best. And it's not uh, just tuned for our suppressors either. So, like, let's say you want to take off our muzzle device and put another person's, another company's suppressor, it'll still run great. So our guns run great unsuppressed or suppressed. Mm. And it's all tested on factory ammo, all different types of grains and everything like that. So we're not going to have it be a product that comes up short for the customer. Absolutely. Uh, Mark? Marcus was out there. I love it. Marcus is active tonight. He, he's interested. He said, I guess what I was wondering, I uh, probably talking suppressors again. He said, I guess what I was wondering, which would be more quiet, the long or the short? I'm thinking about my ears in case I have to pop off in the house. The quietest is going to be the long for sure. So yeah. having, that ex- having that extra volume breaks down the decibel levels even more. It'll mix it, especially with the 300 blackout and subsonic. It's going to be like hearing safe for sure. Yeah. So let's let's talk about um your your design to the suppressors. Is there anything different with the baffles or what kind of sets your suppressors apart from what people have been doing already? So initially what we do is we don't use a standard K baffle. So a K-Baffle is like your your regular old, like your SDN-6, like the, the first ever, like, you know, brick house suppressor that everyone ran. Um, right. What we use are Geyer baffles. So they're actual helical, helical. So the whole thing twists and rotates throughout the suppressor. So it's technically one giant baffle. There's no walls inside the suppressor that block it off. So you're not going to have like carbon buildup inside the can. They're not serviceable because they're all just monolithic one piece. So we've had it designed in a way where you just dump it inside of an ultrasonic or run some brake cleaner through it and shoot it and it'll all come out. And then... mm -hmm. Real quick, does that help with uh, gas back in the face? Yes. So what we call it breathable technology so we have what's called on that can perfect example right there the gps suppressor you can really see it so yeah there's actually kind of like two channels so there's an outer channel that gives a place for gas to escape and pass through so it doesn't blow back into the system absolutely i'm gonna is that, that full screen real quick so you can see it better there you go guys go ahead John. Does that make it a, a cleaner system? Does that help with uh, carbon buildup on the carrier and in the in the gas system? Yes, for sure. Giving it a place to escape makes the gun cleaner, makes the gun last longer, and makes a world of difference. And have you found uh, what? And, and if you don't know, you can. But what um, grain weight and ammo works best with these suppressors at, at decibel ratings? Uh, on that one, I. Don't know, but I actually have a place so that you can reference to. Uh, 
So we participated in the Suppressor Summit with uh, Thunder Beast. I don't know if you heard about that event that was hosted. Yeah, I heard about that event. That's I was I was leading up to that question was if you participated in that and what what the what the data was that came from it. So not to flex, but our LS5 was number one on the five five six suppressor cans on that list. Wow. Yeah. So that was really cool. That was really awesome. And um you can you can see all the test data there. That's it's all out there. Like it's you can see their testing methodology, how they use the how they set up their microphones, what grain ammo, what test platforms they use. It's all there. So you can if you wanted to, you could replicate it yourself. It's actually really awesome how they did that. So they they, they take a specific grain of ammo and they use that same brand same grain probably for those guys they've got down to the same lot number probably uh to test really suppressors so the data is is stable it's it's fixed variables um to where it gives the most accurate readings as they can uh, in case people out there want to know how you test that it's if you're going to have all these suppressors they're going to utilize the same ammo for all the, the, the suppressors to make sure that the, the variables are fixed when it comes to that test, which I think is a pretty cool thing. Go ahead, John. I know you were uh, going with it. Yeah. The, uh, so I wanted to ask real quick, how was your experience at that summit? And what did you think of it as a testing bed for the industry? Because I've, I've heard a little bit about it. I, I, know that a couple of my friends were talking about it and things like that i just wanted to get some feedback from somebody who was actually there because it sounded really cool from from a consumer standpoint so un unfortunately i wasn't there um our head engineer and uh, ross the the other guy that was with me at TriggerCon, he's the one that went and the the way they explained it to me is that they were all there and it was like a competition they all wanted to beat each other, which is great for the consumers. Yeah. Because now that these guys are now competing against each other, we're going to make the best product possible for the consumer at the end of the day. But it was great actually getting together and setting up a standardization on testing outside of other means. Mm -hmm. So now we know what the test bench is. We know what ammo we're going to use. We know the lot. We know everything down to the detail that we can buy it and we can have it at our shop and set it up and be ready to go compete against next year. And then also um, set up uh, the BK pulse system, how they have it and actually do the same testing method anywhere. So that was the best thing for the suppression industry as a whole that I see is that everyone that participated now has testing data, have testing weights that they can all compete against each other with and test the same way. Now, how many, and you don't have to give names, I'm not asking what brands were there, but were most of the popular brands and companies that are, are, are running suppressors right now, were they all there for this or, or what? Oh, yeah. A lot of companies were there. So, um, Silencer Shop came so from it was It well. wasn't like it was just a few companies. When you have a lot of numbers, that just takes your win with the LS5 even bigger when you've talked about all the brands that were there. Oh, yeah. So I think it was over 200 suppressors tested over two days. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, were there different categories for different calibers? Obviously, testing uh, a 22 LR can or a 9 millimeter can versus 
a 30 caliber can is obviously going to go through different testing and all that were there categories and all that as well yeah so there was categories so like it, it broke down like uh what caliber so like um we were doing a 30 cal can i think if, if i remember correctly it did the breakdown of like 762 by 51 with a 20 inch bolt gun and then the next breakdown was like um on a like a 300 blackout platform so it, it it was actually it gets down in detail to like if you're trying to find your nine mil can you go to the chart and you're like okay here's all the nine mil cans and then this is the test bench that they used okay well, this is the closest thing to my weapon system all right that's the can that sounds like that's for me so um i'm just interested in this now uh because i never heard of this this is pretty badass for me to hear about this so let's say that you're doing a 30 cal can and you're running on a 20 inch bolt gun did you have to provide the bolt gun or did all the suppressors go on the same gun to make that equal as well same gun the only thing that changed was the, that. was the muzzle device that was required for the mounting system right sure uh, but I, I love the fact that they, they, they brought the attention to detail and say, look, we're going to use the same ammo. We're going to use the same rifle. We're going to use the same everything. The only thing that's different is the can that's on there. I think that's awesome because that, that talk about bringing everything in and being legitimate data now. That's pretty cool. Uh, I'm going to bring Ginger back in here a second real quick. Marcus says, have you guys ever run suppressors out of an AK? I personally, I've shot a ton of AKs. I've never run a that I remember, I might have, I don't remember ever running an AK suppressed. Have you guys run an AK suppressed? I haven't, but I know a, my buddy AK Mario has run a ton. Um, and it, and it works. I mean, it's great. Like AK Mario, how can you not, right? <laughs> right. Uh, shout out to him. Cause he's a, he's a really good dude in, in the, uh, American side, AK builders. Um, but he's run a ton, and he's he's found it to be a great platform to suppress uh, because yeah. of the, the way the gas system is set up. Absolutely, and that's what I was going to say. I, I bet you it'd be fun as hell. Uh, most of you guys know that. I mean, I love ARs. Don't get me wrong. But as far as shooting, the actual shooting of the gun, I love an AK shooting it. Uh, I like the platform of an AR much much better. It's much much easier. Uh, you can customize it however you wanted to, but just shooting, there's something about that 762 by 39 round that is just amazing out of an AK rifle. Even I've, I've got an AR style rifle that's chambered in 762 by 39, and it's not the same. It, it's cool, but it's not the same. Having having that AK, um, it just makes it so awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of AKs, but yeah. Um, Faux show. Uh, let's get back to some of the uh, products real quick, John, before we run out of time. Uh, the last of the rifles that we haven't discussed so far is the Patriot rifle. And uh, if I remember correctly, um, this was the the basic... Uh, scroll back up. The, the basic AR style, obviously it's upgraded, uh, better better parts, better machine issues and, and, the, the, and all of that. But this is, when people think AR, this is that 14 and a half with the pin and weld or the 16 inch AR um, that you guys are offering. Specifically, in comparison, you talk about your sister company, um, 
radical firearms, let's say their their basic 16 inch AR versus the Patriot rifle. If someone has one of the radical firearms AR, but is looking at the Patriot, what can they expect the differences to be? Uh, I mean, it's it's just one of those things. Like just looking at it, it's probably a completely really different rifle, isn't it? It's just completely yeah, different. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's completely different. Like when you when you shoot them like side by side, it's like uh, I don't want to like I don't want to. It's it's so hard because it's like I don't want to trash talk firearms. It's like they're not bad at all. It's just when you go from shooting, uh, I don't want to say it like this, but it's like you're shooting a Honda Civic. Or, or like you're driving a Honda Civic, yeah. and then you switch up to the BMW M3. You know, no, I, I, I get it. It's they're still they're both great cars. They're both great everything. It's just the BMW does race car things a little bit better, at least in my opinion. Yep, yep. Now let's let's kind of go over the specs of this real quick. Uh, fourteen and a half. I'm assuming the fourteen and a half is with a a, a pin and weld. Um, on there to make it 16 or is it going to just be straight up 14 and a half so it just depends on how it's purchased so okay um, it can be it can be you have that option yeah pin and welds okay. an option yeah. without it or 16 inch barrel it's just depends on what regulations you have to go through now if 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 you want the 14 and a half pin and weld does that change the cost of anything going through that process um on the pin well i think we charge us like an hour of our gunsmithing time i don't remember the gunsmithing sure. time but it's not it's not much added to the price right it's minimal if anything sure there's a lot of people that like the pin and well that's why i was asking if some people might be thinking about that um you know i like the pin and weld to be honest with you i, I like that shorter barrel um the pin and weld it's 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 what it is uh get the, the 14 and a half or the 16 inch um a half by 28 barrel thread 556 with a one in seven twist rate m4 feed ramps direct impingement gas system um mid length mid length this is this is a mid plus one is that supposed to be a mid no. plus one or is it just a no, mid length that, on this one, one? that one's just a mid length okay okay um 14 5 16 inch mid length is already perfect yep uh, forged upper receiver, uh, anti-rotational alignment tap. Let's see here. Um, 13 or 15 inch handguard length. I'm assuming that's depending on what length you get. 13 goes in the 14 and a half, or can you get a 13 on the 15 on the 16? Probably wouldn't want to, but you guess you could. If, like, um, with, like I said, like we tailor our orders to the people because it's through an email service how we handle it. Yeah. Uh, you could do that. Aesthetically and feature-wise, I wouldn't do that just because losing an M-lock section is kind of dumb when you have that longer barrel. True that. True that. Um, <clears throat> 6.87 pounds unloaded weight. Good-looking rifle. Um, really is. It's a really good-looking rifle. Does it come with the, uh, the Ford grip on there? I think so. Was it really? So, oh wow! Okay, you don't yeah, see that happening like, very often. That's pretty cool. Yeah, the way they show in the pictures is the way they arrive. So, no, oh, wow, that's it. pretty cool. Absolutely. Yeah, John, you got anything? Yeah, I got a, I got a quick one. So, you, we, we, 
had to touch on, we're touching on both companies. So let's just say I have the Honda Civic and I want to turn it into a M3. Is that something you guys would offer or entertain, or is that something you're not looking at right now? If I want to send you my rifle to get built into a, a Patriot rifle. So as of right now, um, we're not currently selling the upper by itself, but in mm-hmm. the future, once production increases, cause there's more time that is invested into making these. And, um, as the order volume increases, our production increases, and that's when we'll be able to sell parts and pieces and stuff like that. So you'll be able to buy like the barrel and a gas block. If you want to upgrade and just keep your old handguard system and all that stuff, you'll be able to buy an upper later on. But that's all based on ramping up production. But if this brand takes off like our firearms brand, production will be up real soon, and you'll be able to buy that stuff real easy. Yeah. Yeah, because... Uh, you know, okay, John, go ahead. Yeah, because from my point of view, it's like... If I'm just getting into this, this is my goal to go. Like, if I buy a radical firearm, uh, but this is what I really want, this is my goal. Like, would you rather somebody buy another one, or is that something like if you want them to grow with the brand? And uh, is that something that you, you know, you know what I'm saying? Can I can yeah. I answer what I would like to see real quick from a consumer standpoint? Keep your current firearms rifle. And go buy another one, so now that you have both of them. What's what's better than one AR? Two ARs. That's just me. <laughs> go ahead, John. Sorry about that. No, but that's what I was trying to get at. Is do you do you recommend they just buy a new one, or is that so they can kind of grow with your guys' brand if they start off at Radical Firearms and then move over to Radical Defense? I'm gonna be honest, right? So I would. In my my personal opinion, I would like this is my opinion, not our company's opinion. My opinion is I would like for somebody to buy a complete gun because to be honest, when you have uppers laying around that don't have a lower to sit on, they're not gonna be used. And I like to think that everything that we sell is out there being used. Well, more importantly, it, it, when it comes time, you know, everyone has that first AR, right? And everyone has that entry level AR. Very few people jump right on board to the Daniel Defense right off into the, the deep end, right? Uh, if you do, then I want to be your friend because you must have a lot of money. So, uh, but no, everyone kind of starts out with that kind of that entry level AR, um, and then you kind of outgrow that, you know. And, and that's good. That's a good thing. You're supposed to outgrow that initial gun. Um, but that doesn't mean you get rid of it. It means upgrade and you can either have that one or even better. That might become a starter gun for one of your kids or your wife or, or a friend that has never shot one. Say, Hey, come shoot this one and now shoot this one. So you probably want to start out here, but this is where you're trying to get to eventually, you know, this is all the upgraded and they'll be able to feel a difference in the triggers and, and, and everything else. They'll they'll feel the difference in the materials. Uh, now you were talking about the uppers and the lowers. Um, as far as the lower go, we haven't discussed the lowers is the lower for the radical defense side. Are they, are they very similar? Are they basically the same as the firearms? Or, I should say, what are the differences in lowers between the two companies, if any? So on the lowers, they're both mil spec. So they're the same essentially in that. But what it comes to changes is actually the internals. So the inside on the radical defense has a Schmid, uh, depending on which rifle you have, 
either a single stage or a two stage nickel borum coated trigger. They're all duty weights. Yes, you do. They're great, so, by the way. So depending on like your police department, for the most part, you're going to be covered. Um, I think a lot of police departments have you say like it has to stay at four pounds, and all these are duty rated triggers, so they're ready for the four pound trigger pull. They don't like and, a two and a half trigger pull in the police departments. Come on. I mean, dude, I wish everyone could run a Geisley SSAE or something. Right. And then um, ambi charging handles, or not, sorry, ambi safeties. And they're all like the mill standard ambi safety. But yeah, that's about, that's the main difference inside the lower is the internals that we put in there. So I've got a question um, that I didn't ask at TriggerCon. Uh, and I kind of regret it in our interview, but I'm glad I got you on the podcast because um, now I know a lot of it might have to do with political bullshit and stuff that's in the courts right now. But the question that I have for you is with the craze of the PCCs of the world, do you see a point in time where radical defense gets into the nine millimeter, not, not necessarily a, a shorty, uh, but even like a 16 inch, but do you guys see, be a nine millimeter or ten millimeter or some kind of a pistol uh, caliber carbine coming down the line, or are you allowed to say? Um, I can say we're playing with the idea. We've had a few prototypes. Once we're ready to go to production, it will be produced. Um, it is definitely not out of the picture, and we're just working on it. Yeah. Okay. So at least the the thoughts there. Um, because I have, I mean, I, everyone knows I, I love ARs and I've got way too many. Actually, you never have too many, but, um, but I really love, uh, PCCs. And so that's something that would be amazing. Maybe it's shot. Shall we see something? Who knows? You never know. You never know. So I, to know. say, um, the interest got brought up by one of our local PDs for a nine mil version of our PDW. Ooh, so that's the starting platform that we're going from there and we're already doing testing and prototyping. So once so we're at my, my, my quote unquote truck gun and, and, and home defense gun is a little five and a half inch nine mil, um, PCC. And I tell you what, man, it is bad to the bone. And I love having a little shorty in there with nine millimeter and, um, yeah, sure. I, I would, that's something that, I'm going to be, you know, looking forward to, I'm just, I'm being a little, uh, I'm being that way. I'm going to be a little selfish and say, I would love to see that, but no, I really have enjoyed, um, the time that we spent at TriggerCon handling the guns there, obviously at range day, getting to shoot them. Um, they are phenomenal. They, they feel great. They're the weight on them. And, and we're talking little things that a lot of people don't think about, but this is stuff that, that I look at and, and, I, I'm looking for in a gun is is a good balance of weight, um, nothing that's you know too top heavy or whatever. I'm coming up from a CQB type of thing where, uh, and that's my thing is I love CQB. And you guys know this: if if a rifle or whatever is out of, it's not balanced, it changes a lot. And, and your guys is balanced. Uh, shooting at full auto is a, is the biggest test for that. Um, if it's off balance, it's, you're going to find out. But if you're able to keep that muzzle on target, that, that's a testament to uh, the balance of, the, of your weapon systems. I really did enjoy them. Uh, when, I, when I first walked up and we met at the GOA dinner, 
and you said you were the radical defense. And I was like, Oh, you guys changed your name. And I was, you were very quick to say separate company, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, Oh, really? So yeah, I, I really did enjoy getting to, uh, to handle your stuff, to shoot your stuff. It's great quality. Um, I'm going to put out the, um, the website again up there for our audience. And obviously it'll be in the description. If you're watching this in replay and, uh, listening in podcast form, rdusa.com slash products if you just want to go straight to it um john i want to i want to bring you in oh yeah go ahead and this is for marcus before before we close um yeah we're working on an ak specific suppressor it's still in product development but keep your eyes out for it. really mm -hmm. that could be um that could be that could be fun um just in general, real quick, we're talking suppressors again. We've already kind of talked about your design versus the, the average suppressor. Um, but we kind of just kind of glazed over because you and I have had discussions about this. But I think a lot of people might, when they hear 3D printed suppressors, that might kind of raise the eyebrows a little bit. Um, how long have you guys been working on that technology? And what was the reasoning for going to a, a 3D printed can? So the main thing about 3D printed is that you can go with geometries that are not possible with a normal, normally machined can. So imagine having to take bar stock and then cutting out the inside to make your baffle geometry. And you have to figure out how to make a tool be yeah. able to fit to cut that. You don't have that limitation. So now your limitation is, oh, I need to pass electricity through metal and laser weld it. So now you're just and you're literally, you're literally creating the baffle, like you said, it's one large baffle. While you're creating this suppressor, it's all right there. You're not having to work, like you said, tools and fitting it all in. It's 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 there. Yep, yep. So all you have to do is figure out how to make supports or design your part to be supported internally as it prints, and then you're you're good to go. So what kind of skeleton are you guys using to support that in yours? If, if you're allowed to say, I don't know if that's proprietary information or not. Uh, it's There's multiple ways to handle it. So we also, we do like really small, like we would say like sticks that you just break out depending on where it is on the can. Um, inside the can, it, obviously there's places that you can't get to after it's printed since it's monolithic. So we design as much of the support into the suppressor so it doesn't hinder the performance of the suppressor. So it's already built into the design. That's 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 awesome. That is awesome. Um, John, you got anything about the suppressor lines, real quick? <laughs> well, I did want. Or anything else? Well, the suppressor thing is is cool. The three D printing, and and he's right. When it comes to machining, machining a suppressor is a pain in the butt sometimes, and being able to do designs by three D printing is uh, a lot better. I did want to kind of touch real quick again the the thing with suppressors that that that's why I really liked that summit that you, you guys were a part of because the thing with suppressors is there was no standardization of testing everybody would do their own testing now there's a standardization yeah and, and you can claim whatever you want to when you're doing your own testing yeah so do you see as a company that seeing that you won one, do you see like the value in that standardization going, okay, well, we may place third or fourth on the list, but our value is higher than the ones mm -hmm. above us. Yeah. So it's all, 
it's all like so all the metrics are there too right so like we're the quietest can on the list but we're also one of the heaviest right it's just because we're one of the larger we have the most volume so it's all about and it's all the metrics are there so for the consumer they can make the decision they want to make based off of sound data weight length size everything price, all there. price comes into price. it i'm sure as well yeah uh, i don't think the price is on the chart but i'm guessing okay uh, you can do your own I, research but yeah you can do the research if you take like the top three or four and say okay these are the most the top four quiet do your research and say well this one's number one this one's number two not far behind but it's half the price or four dollars off of that one you know that that makes a big that makes a big difference to the consumer you know yeah like not to not to like talk about another brand but like like you know what's crazy it's like arrows can like they're a normally machine can they're a great can for the price like i'm not i can't knock them like they're their price point and yeah. everything and like the design of those cans are they're great absolutely absolutely uh real quick before we get out of here john i want to give you a couple minutes uh to recap in case anyone missed it um ginger bring you in for two minutes for the two-way uh recap what you guys got going on and we'll let john close this out and uh and all that stuff well you know we are still fighting a bunch of court cases so that's a big thing um for me the next couple weeks are going to be super busy so i'm going to be in colorado for rocky mountain range day um and john if you're interested in that let me know because they still have some spots open um after that i will be at naughty after dark with obi and the smokies over there in tennessee which is gonna be a fun event i love, I love me some opie oh, oh opie's great, great so that one's gonna be a fun event and i think the last four hours of that whole range day is in the dark suppressed it's a night shoot yeah it's a night uh, shoot for sure so it's gonna be that one's uh gonna be fun and then after that it's home then back to colorado for uh an event and then going down to myrtle beach and then to cancon which is another fun suppressor event in florida yeah we'll uh, be at cancon as well yeah that one's in savannah this year yep what's yep. in savannah it's not savannah. in florida this year huh? no, it's in savannah so uh there's a lot going on so there's a lot of events so if you are going to be at the event stop by and say hi i'll be walking around and shaking hands and uh you know, like I said, we've got those big court cases, so we just need all the support we can get. So go to gunowners.org, $25 for the year, get you a membership, and that goes to fight for your 2A rights. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on, brother, as always. Uh, John, I want to give you a couple minutes once again to, uh, if people were trying to reach out, obviously I'll put the, the website out there, rdusa.com, but tell people where they might be able to find you on social media or uh, is there like a uh, customer service uh, email in case people have questions? Where, what all can they do to get a hold of you guys? Yeah, if they want to know more about our products, um, our webs or sorry, our email is info at rdusa.com. And then our social media for the RD page it is, I think it's rd underscore underscore USA. It and, is. Um, yeah. The next event that we're going to be at is actually going to be really fun. We're going to our next big event's CanCon, 
and we're bringing our full truck and trailer out there so we're gonna have the m2 the 240 249 the whole suite so if you have a chance to come oh, by yeah come check us out and we'll we'll we're letting everybody shoot the belt feds we're letting i think we're doing some competitions too like if you can hit the a quarter on the target i think at 200 yards with the m2 you get like a free gun so come by and Yo, see mod deuce. i love a mod deuce but i really love a 240 that's my favorite uh love a 240. um georgia trucker wants to know where is it at in savannah that's where he lives it, i'm assuming cancon is open to the public correct okay it is i just you, put it in the chat yeah you did there you go so yeah georgia trucker if you're out there uh, make sure you go find Ginger and tell him that you're Georgia Trucker 69 from Ghost Chat, and he might slap you across the face because he hates me, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> guys, thank you guys so much for watching. John, uh, Ginger does this, but but John, hang out. If you got a second when we go off live air, uh, we'll hang out for a second. But uh, thanks, everyone, for being here live. Marcus, awesome. You're a rock star. Great questions. Thanks, everyone, asking questions out there. Uh, if you're watching this in, in in replay or listening to podcasts, where most of you guys do, uh, utilize the comment section. Any questions that you have that I can't answer, I will make sure I get to John and get you the answers as, as quickly as possible. More importantly, get to the range. Be more proficient with your firearms. Stay in tune to what's going on at your local, state, and federal as far as two-way legislation. Make sure that your elected representatives are doing their jobs representing you. If not, guess what? Next year is an election year. We can make that change. More importantly, just enjoy the freedoms that it is of being an American, one of which is to keep and bear arms. We'll see you next week. Semper Fi. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you like this one and want to check out some of our other podcasts, we invite you to check out the Jarhead podcast, the Ghost and Clover podcast, and the Speed Limit 155 podcast. We also like to invite you to check out our YouTube channel, Ghost Tactical. If you're into the firearm world and the lifestyle of, of the firearm community, go check that out. And obviously, go check out our website, ghosttactical.us, to check out all of our projects, our swag, our stores, and our discount codes. Once again, thanks for always supporting the podcast, and we'll see you soon. Simplify.